0: hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of impact family church for more information including service times and directions or to find out more about us you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com we trust you'll be blessed by today's message well a few sundays ago i started a, a series on revival praying and then i spent a couple of weeks kind of just giving some introductory comments Along the lines of some of the previous things I'd said about revival, and uh, and so today we want to get a little bit further into uh, the actual uh, meat of of this message about revival praying. Uh, we all know that revival comes as a result of prayer. Amen. I mean, you wouldn't even have to be spiritual to know that if you just can read books of history. You'll see that, well, it's good to have uh, uh, Stephen Dufresne with us today. How you doing, Stephen? Praise God. Who'd you bring with you? Why don't you introduce her? Who is that? Hey, it's Morgan Kondo. How about that? It's good to see Stephen and Morgan Dufresne with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But uh, uh, if you read anything, if you know anything about the history of revivals, you'll see that revival always comes... Of course, we know that God initiates it and puts the, the desire and the burden on people to pray. But prayer is what ushers in revival. Well, we need to know about what kind of praying produces revival. And so that's what we're talking about. So I want to give a little background on uh, just prayer in general and then uh, move quickly into this. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The first point that I wanna make is that we need to be aware of the fact that there are various kinds of prayer. Various kinds of prayer. Most Christians never really reflect on the different kinds of prayer unconsciously they're, they're aware of different kinds of prayers because they pray different kinds of prayers. I'm talking about genuine Christians, people who are genuinely born again and love the Lord. Uh, but most people in that category, most Christians haven't been taught uh, very much about prayer. And most Christians will acknowledge that, that uh there's a difference between the prayer of praise, and we know praise and worship is prayer. Uh, they know that, that that's one form, and they know the difference between that and, and prayers where you're asking things, and that's about all they know about. And they really, most Christians never really, like I said, they never really consciously reflect on the fact that there are various kinds of prayer. And if you don't know that there are different kinds of prayer, you won't know how to pray different kinds of prayers effectively. Not all prayer is the same. Not all The different kinds of prayer are designed to bring about different kinds of results. In other words, there are kinds of prayer that are associated with certain needs, certain things that... God wants you to accomplish and you want him to do in your life or for someone else requires praying differently in different situations. The best illustration, of course, is the one that, that Kenneth Hagin brought and I've used many times and that's comparing prayer to sports. Everybody knows that uh, there are different kinds of sports but they're all sports. What are, what are some of the, the popular sports? Just football, Basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey. Is checkers a sport? It's a game. I don't know. What did you say? Hockey. What else? Softball, volleyball, huh? Golf, track and field and track. Ping pong. Somebody say, ping pong is a sport. Tennis. That was a little late coming. Tennis. Lacrosse. Fishing. (laughs) It is, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Building up that muscle right there, that one arm, and this one, yeah. Uh, Horseshoes. Let's get country now. Horseshoes, watermelon tossing. Come on now. Other kinds of tossing we won't get into. Uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of different kinds of sports, but they're all sports. Well, you don't think about uh, in, ga- you don't think about uh, participating in, in sports without some kind of an idea of what kind of sport you're going to participate in. If you leave the house, going to a basketball game and you put on your helmet and your shoulder pads and your cleats and, and all that and you get ready and you're, going, you're, you're, going, you're out of place. You say, well, I came for sports. I mean, sports are sports. A lot of people have that idea about prayer. Well, prayer is prayer. I mean, it's prayer. What are you doing? We're praying. What kind of praying? Crickets. <laughs> have no idea what you're even talking about. Amen. Just like there are different kinds of sports, but they're all sports, because there are different kinds of sports, those different kinds of sports have different rules that govern the operation of that sport. And if you try to play one sport and try try, try, try to apply the rules of one sport to a different sport, you're in total confusion everybody's in confusion, isn't that right? How would you like to go to a football game and be sitting in the stands and have somebody, you know, a couple rows behind you say, uh, come on, easy out, easy out, easy out, easy out. Three up, three down, three up, three down. Come on now, let's hustle, boys. All right, all right, man, for a double play. We're going for a double play. Come on now, look alive, look alive. Now, you know, you know what Doug would do Doug Brown, he might laugh for about two minutes. And if that went on much beyond that, you know what he would do. He'd turn around and say, what is the matter with you? Do you not realize you're at a football game? Are you crazy? You need to get down out for the stands and go find you a baseball game somewhere. Isn't that right? That's what he would do. It's ridiculous to think that you can play one kind of sport and apply the rules of a different sport just because they're all sports. Well, there are different kinds of praying, different kinds of prayers, and they are governed by different rules because they're not all uh, intended to bring about the same kind of result. Well, yeah, I want God to answer my prayer. Well, uh, that's like saying, well, yeah, I I wanna score. What, well, are you gonna score with a baseball bat? Are you gonna score with a, with a tennis racket? I mean, you can score with a lot of things. You can score with a, with a, a, a nine iron. So just saying you wanna score doesn't tell you much about the sport you're, you're, you're attempting to play, isn't that right? Look here at Ephesians 6. Verse number 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying always with all prayer. The Amplified Bible says praying with all manner of prayer. Well, if there, were, if there wasn't different kinds of prayer, it wouldn't say pray with all manner of prayer. It would just say pray. All praying with all manner of prayer. The Goodspeed translation says use every kind. Now listen to this. Goodspeed translation says use every kind of prayer and entreaty and at every every opportunity pray in the spirit. Use every kind of prayer and entreaty. Well, there, like I said, there are different kinds of prayer. There is the prayer of faith. Now very often people attempt to pray the prayer of faith And because they recognize when they have a need, they have something that they want God to do for them. They they want something changed in their life. They either want something to go away or something to come, something to happen in their life. And so that's what the prayer of faith is for. The prayer of faith is, is the prayer to change something. The prayer of faith specifically is is a prayer having to do with you believing and receiving what God says is yours. We'll say, well, if, if God says it's ours, why do we have to pray? Well, Jesus answered that. He said, your father knows that you need all things before you ask him. But that implies that you still ask him. You still have to ask him. Isn't that right? And, of course, there's another side to the prayer of faith. There's a side of asking and there's the side that's just saying. So that's an application of faith as well. But the prayer of faith is a prayer that you use to to change things. Uh, Let's compare that to the prayer of consecration. The prayer of consecration isn't to get God to do anything. It's not to persuade God. It's not to convince God. It's not to, to move God. The prayer of consecration is designed to change you and to make sure that you line up with God's plan. Jesus prayed the prayer of consecration in the garden and uh, it's a perfect example of, how, uh, of the rules that apply to the prayer of consecration. Jesus was consecrating himself to the lord's will he said lord if there's any way possible for this uh, cup to be taken from me uh, uh, i pray that it would pass nevertheless not my will but your will be done that's what the prayer of consecration says it says lord i you know i have my desire but i want your desire it's not about what I want, it's what you want because I believe, I have enough sense to know and trust that, you have, that you're more interested in my well-being than I am, that you know more about what's best for me and even though I don't know uh, necessarily where this will lead me or all that you would have me do or maybe I do and, and I'm having a, a struggle uh, uh, with my natural understanding sort of accepting what it is, I believe you want me to do. If it's your will, I want it. So not my will, but your will be done. Well, that, that, that phrase, not my will, but your will be done, or shortened, the shortened version is, is if it be your will. That uh, statement and that rule, that applies, that's how you pray the prayer of consecration. People take, for instance, they take that rule and they try to apply it to the, word of, to, to the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is, is a prayer where you already know the will of God. How do you know the will of God? Yeah, so I don't know his will. You know his will by knowing his word. His word is his will. And once you have discovered in the Bible what God's will is, what he has declared belongs to you, what he has said he will do for you, if you'll ask him, then you already know his will. So then you, you take that, that, that scripture, whatever you're basing that prayer on, and you take it to the Father and you say, now, Father, based on your word, I know this belongs to me. I know you said you would do this. So right now I'm asking for it and I believe that I receive it in Jesus' name, if it be your will. Come on. Give me some, give me some reaction here. No, I added if it be your will to the prayer of faith and probably 95% of all Christians do that every time they pray. No matter what they're asking for. They'll pray a good prayer and then sabotage it right at the end, just destroy the whole thing by tacking on if it be thy will because they're not praying a prayer of consecration, they're praying a prayer of petition, which is the prayer of faith, a prayer to ask God to do something. You don't ask God to do something for you if you don't know it's his will. See, a lot of people want to uh, cop out basically put all the responsibility on God they don't want to take time to find out what his will is first of all they don't even they've never been taught they can know his will they think the will of God is some kind of a mystery locked up in heaven and you just go through life sort of playing bumper uh you know ping pong just bouncing from one thing to another trying to find out what God's will is and depending on, you know, which bumper has the biggest uh, bing and bell and, and you know, that, that, well, that obviously wasn't the will of God and stagger through life until they find a quiet place somewhere. they think well, this must be the will of God. No, the devil's got you sidetracked and sidelined where you're not even in the game anymore. So they don't even know they can know the will of God. But if they think they can, they want to know, well, Lord, I, I want you, I, I'm going to ask what I want I don't know if it's your will or not. I'm not even going to try to investigate that. I'm just going to ask it and then say, well, if it's your will, you'll give it to me. Well, that's mixing the prayer of consecration rules and the prayer of faith rules, and they don't mix. They don't work together. Can you see that? So there are different kinds of prayer. Uh, there's, There's the prayer of faith, which we've talked about, the prayer of consecration. There's the prayer of committal. Or you're casting your care on the Lord. We've already mentioned the prayer of praise and worship. That's a very important form of prayer. There's the prayer of agreement. Jesus said, if, if two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they ask, it will be done for them. There's a time to agree together in prayer. Now, the prayer of agreement doesn't take the place Let me say it like this, the prayer of of agreement isn't designed primarily to strengthen the prayer of faith. In other words, I don't have enough faith for this need, and so I'm going to get Q to join his faith with me, and we're going to agree together. There There is some value in that, but that's not the purpose of the prayer of agreement. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to know that whatever we ask, if it's according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have it. So you, you, can't, you can't use one type of prayer to strengthen and, and, and help bolster your unbelief in another area. What Jesus said about the prayer of agreement is if two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they ask not you here's the way it's usually used i have a need i want q to agree with me so two of us are agreeing concerning anything that i've asked it really has to do when two or more people have a common need they're in this together they let's say they're a bit they're business partners if q and i were in business together and we had a financial need in our business, that would be a need that both of us uh, need. Will we agree together in prayer as touching that thing that we ask, and who will it be done for? It will be done for them. Not him, but them. A husband and wife have the strongest agreement possibility in the prayer of agreement over anybody else. I said, as far as any other two people on the planet, a husband and wife has a stronger position in the prayer of agreement than any other two. Stronger than, than, say, Q and I if we were in business together. A husband and wife, the prayer of agreement, let me say it like this, the prayer of agreement will be most powerful in a husband and wife's relationship. Why? Because they're one. Right. And, and the need that they have is their need. They're, they've become one and so they become one in the prayer of agreement. Now it also works in other areas where people have a common need. It works in the local church better than it works outside the local church. I said the prayer of agreement works better in the local church than outside. The, I didn't say it didn't work outside the local church. Two people can, can be Christians and they can have a common need on the job. Their common need, Lord, we just pray that, that, our, that our boss will have a wreck on the way to, no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> in other words, they might have some kind of a common need. They can, they can get an agreement because they are members of, of one another. But in a local church, we're members of one another in an additional sense. This local church is a specific family, a distinct family congregation recognized by God we are a distinct church a distinct body and in addition to just being uh brothers and sisters in Christ we're brothers and sisters in Christ in this local church and so agreement let me just sum it up this way the prayer of agreement works its best when two people or more people actually have the same need one reason it works better that way is because when both people don't have the same need, one person's usually not as strong in faith as the other one. And it may or may not be the one with the need. <laughs> I mean, the person who really has the need, he feels that need. Stronger than the person who doesn't have that need. Q comes to me and says, you know, I, I, I saw a, uh, 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 a nice rifle that I want to buy. Would you agree with me, you know, that I can buy this rifle? And uh, what are you laughing at? What? He's, she, she wants to say it, but she's afraid to say it. A soccer ball. A soccer ball. If, if Q comes to me and says, Pastor, I want you to agree with me on a soccer ball, I'm going to say, Brother, be it unto you according to your faith. Now, if he says, I, all right, I, I, I want a new car. I have this car. Will you buy that, Lizzie? Well, okay. He might be interested in a car. As soon as I said that, Steve Green started laughing when I said "rifle," and his wife laughed too. So, so let, let's say, let's say Q is he needs a car. He's believing God for a car. He says, "Pastor, I, I really need a new set of wheels. Would you agree with me?" Well, he feels that need stronger than I do because he's the one who's driving around on four may pops, and you know, giving a giving an exhaust bathed everybody behind him you know and 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 so it, naturally he's going to be more interested uh, you would think his faith would be stronger than mine because I'm not as interested but it may or may not be in fact sometimes like I said people you try to use the prayer of faith or the prayer of agreement because they 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 realize that that they're not where they should be in prayer and and they think well God you know I, I've been such a bad boy uh, he probably won't listen to me, but go Q now, Q, boy, he's a righteous man of God. So I can get Q to pray with me, then we've got the we've got the mind of God and the ear of God. Isn't that right? Well, uh, the, that's, you can't mix up these rules. They don't mix up. Prayer, I'm, I'm going to get off on that. Prayer of agreement. There's praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit has different rules than praying with your understanding. There's prayer with your understanding. There's prayer in the spirit. They have different rules. Amen. There's united prayer. I tell you what, united prayer is especially important in a local church and it's especially important in praying for revival. It's, it's all of us should have our own private prayer life. And we don't want to, to uh, uh, you know, diminish that in any way. But when it comes to praying for revival, there's something especially powerful about united prayer. When the church comes together, notice in Acts chapter 2, they were together in in one accord and in prayer. What was that? That was united prayer. And great things happen as a result of of united prayer. We need our churches all over the land, not just individuals to be uh, alert to revival but we need churches that's why I stress that so much it's not just enough for individuals to catch the, the fire of revival and the message and the inspiration of revival we've got to have churches catch it because there's something very powerful that happens when churches gather together in united prayer God honors that amen he honors other kinds but he honors that in a, in a unique way amen there's the prayer of supplication And there's the prayer of intercession. These are all different kinds of prayers, and they all uh, have different rules, and we need to understand these rules as they apply to revival praying. Now, revival praying will especially include united prayer, the prayer of supplication, and the prayers of intercession. Revival praying will especially now revival praying is not limited to these three. We've talked about different aspects of being in revival. Part of revival is consecration. So the prayer of consecration is important. But I'm talking about on a collective basis or as a as a church body, and that's where the most effective praying for revival comes, is when people gather together and, and they are members of one another in a local church. There's great power there in united prayer and the prayers of, like I said, united prayer, the prayers of supplication and the prayers of intercession are especially important in bringing about revival, in strengthening revival, in uh, increasing revival, extending revival, maintaining, sustaining revival. And so those are the prayers we're going to be talking about the most. I want to start today in uh, uh, the time that I have left today just to introduce the prayer of supplication. The prayer of supplication. You'll notice in Ephesians 6, we read this verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Supplication. What is is supplication? What is meant by the word supplication? As it it refers to prayer, supplication is humble, earnest, heartfelt, fervent prayer. I'll say that again. Supplication, and it's it's absolutely essential for revival. Supplication is humble, earnest, heartfelt, fervent, fervent prayer in other words it's not casual praying now somebody might bluster up a little bit about what do you mean casual praying all my praying is serious well come on now let's just be uh praying over your food is that supplication not unless you're really worried about it (laughs) pastor greg and i have been in a couple of places on the continent of Africa where we were in supplication over what we ate. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Prayed three different times over every meal. Just to make sure. I mean, we prayed it all. No. <laughs> no, pr- praying over your food is casual praying. And, and that doesn't mean it's not serious. Doesn't mean it's not meaningful. Doesn't mean that, 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 uh, that it doesn't have faith in it. Doesn't mean that God didn't hear it and won't answer your prayer. Certainly he does. But it's casual praying. But other kinds of prayers are uh, more heartfelt than that. How many of you have ever, those of you who are old enough now that you have children who have uh, learned to drive and they've actually, you've actually given the keys to your car to them and they've actually gone out from the safety of your little compound out into the world on their own that first time. How many ever experienced that? Quite a few of us. You, you know, you, you, you're, you're with them. They're taking driver's ed, you know, and you're with them all the time as they've got their learner's license. But then there comes that day when they've got their license and they don't want you along and you give them the keys. I would say that your prayer for them is, is less casual than your prayer over your meal that day. When you, yeah, it, it becomes more earnest a little more fervent, doesn't it? Well, let's compare this. You're praying over your son who's driving around the potholes of Alachua County <laughs> as opposed to your son who's driving around over landmines in Afghanistan. Now we've taken a big leap in earnestness, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. There, Like I said, there are different degrees of earnestness and supplication is a very earnest, a very heartfelt, a very fervent prayer. It's not not your ordinary way of praying about everything in life. In the prayer of faith, you're usually not in supplication. There's no need for that. You have God's word, you claim his promise, you thank him for it, you go your way rejoicing. But when someone else's life is in the balance because the rules of engagement are different. You know, your son in Afghanistan, he's still your son, but you don't have the same uh, authority in prayer now that you did when he was on his tricycle going up and down your driveway. And and there are some things you could have claimed for him then that you can't necessarily claim today alone. Because his faith is involved. Well, the prayer of supp- well, that, that that's a different situation is going to require different rules. Well, the prayer of supplication is designed to cover those things. And uh, so it's, it's earnest prayer. It's not, it's not casual praying. Uh, look at where we're looking here at Ephesians 6. Who, who is it? What different kinds of people can we pray the prayer of supplication for? Look here in Ephesians 6 again, verse 18, the latter part. Being watchful to this end with all prayer and supplication for all saints. So supplication is a prayer that you can pray for fellow believers. You pray for for believers. This is one, not the only way. This is one way you can pray for believers is you can pray the prayer of supplication. Go with me over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. And look at verse number 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God. So the prayer of supplication can be prayed for yourself. Now, sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes a pair of supplications is not necessary in praying for yourself. Other times it is necessary. Say it like this: sometimes, even for yourself, a situation arises and it requires you to invest something spiritually to put forth some spiritual uh, power behind what you're praying because of what you're facing and what is in opposition to you and sometimes there are things that are in opposition to you that you cannot control now it's one thing if it's just the devil giving you a hard time that's easy to control you just bind him rebuke him cast him out you know that's easy but when your department head at church is your problem They're the ones giving you a hard time. You think, you understand what I'm saying? You think somebody at church, you know, is your problem. Well, you just can't just bind them, rebuke them and cast them out. <laughs> Isn't that right? So there are, there are some times when things about you, it involves you, it's, a, it's something you need, but there are some other people, or other situations involved that, that uh, are, are things or situation or people in particular I should say probably people more than anything else you can't necessarily control you can you can control the devil uh working in somebody but I've been around the block uh enough times to know that not every time I think the devil's working with somebody and causing them to cause me a problem is it true a lot of times, they're, they're you know most of the time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, where Christians concerned, that's not the devil motivating them. They're just they're just f- fleshly people, just imperfect imperfect people, just like I am and just like you are. Other times, it's my imagination. I think somebody's given me a difficult time. I think they've got it out for me. I imagine they said ugly things about me. I just know that they just don't like me, and and oftentimes it's not even true at all. Haven't even other than loving you in that sense as you know your fellow brothers. They haven't really given you a, a second thought, and you're imagining they've got this whole big thing built up. You know where you're concerned, Amen. So what I'm saying is, uh, where people are concerned, sometimes you, you, the prayer of faith. Uh, will not be sufficient, you'll need to pray the prayer of supplication. You'll need to get more earnest and more heartfelt. Notice what it says in James. Turn over to James. Let's look at the fifth chapter of James. We'll close with this. We're drawing close to the hour here. Verse 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now notice, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Who has that in the Amplified? Can you hand me that? I'll just get it from Steve. Can I look at that? find it okay yeah the earnest heartfelt continued prayer the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working when when and that's that is supplication that earnest heartfelt continued that you don't just pray the prayer of supplication one time and forget it it's something that you come back to again and again and again until you pray through whatever is hindering that from coming to pass and you know let me say this faith is involved in every kind of prayer not every kind of prayer is technically the prayer of faith but faith is involved in every kind of prayer Faith is involved in praise and worship. Faith is involved in the prayer of consecration. So faith never, you, you, you always use faith in how you approach prayer. But uh, the prayer of supplication is necessary sometimes to push through situations that, that there's a hindrance and there's something there that, that you can't just bind and rebuke and cast out. Is something that has to change on some, not on God's end, but on somebody else's end. And so the prayer of supplication uh, is that heartfelt prayer. Amen? Glory to God. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's close here. Glory to God. No, I tell you what, let's look at one more and that, that'll close this, this um, subsection. Turn to 1 Timothy real quick. 1 Timothy 2. Verse 1 and 2. Therefore... I exhort, first of all, that supplications. Everybody say supplications. That supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Notice that uh, supplication can be made for all men. That's Christians and non-Christians alike. Amen. Amen says uh, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, but especially for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now you notice before I preached this morning, we prayed for our, we don't have a king, but you know our president that that would be the application in our in our uh, culture and so we prayed for our leaders. Now we offered up prayers because it says supplications prayers intercession. we offered up prayers, but we didn't offer up supplication for those in authority because it's it was simply uh, something uh, that we didn't have time for and I do this on Sunday morning and just Pray for our leaders uh, to to set the tone, because in all of our lives we need to be praying for our leaders, not just on Sunday morning, not just agreeing with me when I pray f- for three minutes for our leaders, not just on the on the uh, third Sunday of the month when we pray for our leaders. You know, before church is something we need to be praying about regularly, and. On your own, and sometimes together, uh, when you're praying for our leaders, it requires more than a casual prayer like I prayed this morning. It, re- it requires supplication, earnest, heartfelt, because there are a lot of things out there. It's easy for me to say, Lord, you know, bless our president and give him wisdom and help him to make right decisions. That's one thing. But how about if he's not interested in doing the will of God? In fact, he's, what if he's in, uh, intent on, on doing contrary to the will of God, intentionally and purposefully? Well, that's going to take some supplication. Isn't that right? Well, praise the Lord. So uh, supplication can be made for yourself, for natural or spiritual needs, whatever the needs. You can pray supplication for yourself if it's necessary. You can pray the prayer of supplications for other Christians, and you can pray for all men and for those in authority, believers and unbelievers alike. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. We're learning more about prayer and supplication, like I said. There, uh, there was a time when a lot of people in the body of Christ, intercession had been overemphasized by some people. And some people overemphasized intercession and preached on it, taught on it, advocated it, so forth, to the point that many people came to think that uh, in the area of praying for other people, that intercession was really the only effective kind of prayer. It is when we need to make intercession. So and so, we need to make intercession. Intersa- and intercession became a catch-all, and everything uh, was included under intercession, and like I said, people felt like that's really the only effective. If you really want to get, if really be effective and really get into prayer, we need to intercede. Well, uh, it's interesting. You can run your references. I challenge you to do it. You run your references. You'll find out that the Bible has more to say about supplication than it does intercession. And until recent years, I've never, I've never heard anybody teach on supplication. Until Brother Hagin came out with his book, The Art of Prayer, I'd never heard anybody identify supplication never been taught on it i've been in many prayer seminars and so forth and the bible has more to say about supplication than does intercession but intercession was everywhere well the point is not to become so technical uh, minded in these things but uh, to be aware of what the Bible teaches. And the most important thing in prayer is not not trying to pray one particular type necessarily, but responding to the Holy Spirit in prayer. The leading of the Spirit. Yield to the leading and the flow of the Spirit. And whatever kind of prayer is necessary at any given time, flow with that. And, And because God knows what's needed. And He will inspire us to pray using different kinds of prayer. And so we need, to, we need to know what they are so that we can respond and we need to know what the rules are that apply to them. Amen? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for prayer. Thank you for the, all the various kinds of prayer, Father. We thank you, Father, that it's the effective, fervent prayer that that avails much. We thank you, Father, that the prayer of faith will heal the sick, will deliver and bring the answers that we need. We thank you, Father, for the prayer of consecration, that we can align ourselves and and cause ourselves to, to continually submit to your plan for our life. All of the various kinds of prayer needed, Father. We thank you for individual prayer in our individual prayer life we thank you for a united prayer the collective corporate praying of the local church glory to God oh father we value all of this and we thank you for it we thank you lord for the power that is released through praying accurately hallelujah you know a lot of people will just use this little slogan there's power in prayer and most of the time, they don't know what they're talking about because they're just thinking again in prayer. In and prayer's just, that's like saying, there are great scores in sports. Well, try to, try to score something in sports when you don't know what you're playing. <laughs> try to score it, try to, try to put two points or six points or what. Try to score. Oh, there's powerful scores in, in sports. Sports really makes good scoring. That's about how brilliant it is for people to say, well, prayer, the, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. I said accurate praying changes things. Scriptural praying, praying, pray, praying changes things. Amen. Praying accurately according to the rules will bring about great change and great power. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.